Coming up on your favorite podcast, it's time for another dive back into the NFL as uh, Ryan and Zach join me as we finally wind down the end of this very long regular NFL season. 18 weeks, Ryan and Zach and myself, along with some others who have pinch hit from time to time. Thank you, Ty have sat here and talked football with you uh, at the beginning of every week for the most part, and we're going to do it again one more time today as we break down all the things that happened in week 17, which was used to be the true end of the season because that was the fantasy football uh, fantasy football championships and whatnot were yesterday and things like that, and we get you set up for all the playoff scenarios, all the draft scenarios, everything we can think of as we head into the playoffs. So, Ryan, Zach, me... Coming up here for the next uh, hour and uh, change here. So enjoy it on the pod. You want to watch WrestleMania 6 really bad. Anytime we hear Brutus Beefcake's theme music, I just want to watch him and Mr. Perfect go head-to-head at WrestleMania six and uh, one of the uh, more underrated matches of, uh, of that year's pay-per-view. I mean, there's so much going on in that pay-per-view. That one is vastly underrated. We don't, nobody talks about the Brutus Beefcake, Mr. Perfect WrestleMania six match, and it's really an outrage. Is it? Hello, everybody. <laughs> I would argue it is. Welcome to the podcast. It's a Monday afternoon, everybody. I'm Tim. And that is my buddy, Ryan. He's awake and alert. How are you, buddy? Good to see you. Howdy. I'm exhausted. Good having you here. Have a Diet Coke and we'll talk. And then, of course, on the other side, the coach, the GM, the um, the proud third-place winner of our, our Fantasy Football League this year, uh, Zach Neenaber. Hey, Zach. Hey, Tim. Hoping, hoping for one more day of uh, winter break here. Yeah, this weather forecast is weird. Uh, it is uh, currently up here in Minnesota, up in the Minneapolis area, as everybody knows. And we are anticipating anywhere between four and nine inches between the next, um, you know, the next twenty-four hours. But of course, the timeline now makes it feel like they're going to have we're going we're going to be at school tomorrow morning, seven a.m. I, I just got that feeling because um, the way the timeline looks, we'll see if we end up finishing the school day, but. That's the way our district likes to roll, so no need to be proactive when you could be reactive. It's way more easier and and more politically uh, expedient. All right. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Good to see you all. Ryan, yesterday, Jair Alexander. No, 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 no. I'm not going first. Zach gets the floor first. All right. You said it. You said it. it. Open it. You are right. No, you're right. I was going to say on air production meeting. Did Ryan just blow, just wave off the official? Okay. Zach, the floor is yours. Yesterday was a very, it was a very good day for not just your football team, uh, but it it definitely, I mean, uh, once again, for like the 80th week in a row, everything has fallen into place for the green and gold. The floor is yours, Coach. So at first, I assumed you could only be referring to my playoff victories over you and Ryan this year in fantasy football. But no, it's Packers talk to start. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I thought that Green Bay um, really, from the time they made the goal line stand, controlled the game. And if you want to talk about a moment that changed things, it's really when, when the Vikings get the ball on the one right early in the first quarter and come away with three points yeah, and, and then give up a kick return right after. And the center getting hurt right away too. It's amazing yep. how uh, that it felt like just like in two plays, everything changed, right? The whole game changed. The tenor of the game changed, um, you know, going from first and goal at the one to losing your center and kicking a field goal, then giving up a kick return within like three plays of each other. And Total thought, disaster for the Vikings. I thought Kenny Clark was going to be a factor anyway. Um, when you're on your backup center, and then when you go to your third center, uh, he he really started to show even more, right? I mean, and then he gets the strip stack late in the game and recovers it. Um, and you know, whether you want to say it was over at that point or earlier, that was kind of your final straw, right? With the because the Vikings have come back a bunch, right? They talked about it on the broadcast yesterday. Well, 
you know, every time it feels we're like, well, this time they're not coming back. And then they have, but um, yeah, they got, they got throttled from the start. And um, I, you know, I, I don't want to gloat too much because we still have one more game to win. And um, you know, when you beat bad football teams, it's not really that big of a deal, but uh, (laughs) we'll see see what happens here next week. Got to take care of business against the lions. I'm, I'm watching ticket prices as we speak. So it goes back to, I talked about this two weeks ago. I thought there was a really good chance that if the Packers could beat the Vikings at Lambeau, that we would see them again in round one of the playoffs. Now, again, the three-dimensional chess is back on. We may not see them in round one of the playoffs because we're dropping, the Vikings are dropping all the way down to the third seed. And if the playoffs started tomorrow, we'd be hosting the New York Giants at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh Ryan, that's got to be a piece of this conversation, right? That, you know, the Vikings, they've won the close games. You're at, you know, we've talked about that all season long. But when they lose, they lose for size. They haven't beaten anybody comfortably. Other than Green Bay week one, they haven't beaten anybody comfortably since. And they're currently in the point differential minus 19, which is like the worst ever for a 12 and 4 team. And the injuries are starting to mount up in fairness. Like the, they're, I mean, those are legitimate injuries that they're starting to suffer, not just on the offensive line, but in some other areas. Yesterday, was that, is that, if the alarm bells weren't ringing before, are the alarm bells ringing in, in uh, purple land? I mean, kind of. The injuries are the bigger concern for me, right? Like it's, you lose a game on the road, it's, it's going to happen. Right, you, you kind of hope it didn't snowball like that, but when you're down to your third center and he's not snapping the ball on time, I mean that's that's a that's a problem. There, that's it's indicative that this is a person who's probably not ready to play. Um, and the, and there's there's a whole load of issues that come with that, but really the 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 bigger concern for me is you know are you healthy going into the into the postseason? What do you do next week against Chicago? You don't really. You want to win every game, but if if you're comfortable with your matchup in in New York, there, their their matchup really isn't going to change. New York probably isn't going to beat Philadelphia, even if, even if they do, they're not going to jump up to the four seed, uh, and 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 whoever you know, Dallas is, is is probably not going to to fall back. And if it's Philadelphia, they're certainly not going to fall back. So you're locked in to to whoever you're playing. No one's going to catch New York. Uh, if you're comfortable with that matchup, do you take the week off and kind of rest your starters and get healthy, give everybody a week just to kind of to play catch up, and then you go play New York with as close to a full deck as you can have? That's a, a strategy to consider, but you know this was this was an unmitigated disaster from the beginning, and I think the the strategy really changed when when you lose. Schlotman, who I don't think was very good anyway, and it really shows the lack of depth in the offensive line. But we knew that, right? We knew that going into into the year that depth in the offensive line was an issue. And if you had any kind of you know pile up of injuries on the O line, you weren't going to have a whole lot of help there. And I'm not bl- that's not the the reason they lost that game. The reason they lost that game was because receivers couldn't catch the ball, and you know Kirk got jittery toward the end, and a lot of that has to do with the offensive line and the pressure. It was a Everything kind of works together against them here, and they shit themselves on the way down. It was everything was bad. It was it was all bad. But you know, I, I I'm not gonna lie to you and say that I'd rather play Green Bay in the first round if they make it in. I certainly wouldn't rather play Detroit. And man, I don't know that I'd want to see Seattle if Seattle's the team. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that in that seven spot that are hot. And I'd rather play a good team that you've beaten once at home than a hot team that's a rival that knows you that's game three because game three is always unpredictable. So I, I'm i not super upset about it. I wasn't super upset about it yesterday. It was it was disappointing. It was frustrating to watch. But I wasn't as upset as with that game as I was with the Detroit game. All right, Zach. 
I'm in the, I feel good about your team right now. I feel really good that they're going to get in because all they got to do is beat Detroit. It's a win and in. They control their own destiny. Detroit needs help. Detroit has to not just beat Green Bay, but also has to get a Seattle loss. So Detroit's going to play hard here. You know that. Um, but I really like your team heading in here, don't you? Yeah, and I think I think it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL spreads out these games now on Sunday. Um because I thought the Sunday night game was going to be Tennessee and Jacksonville. And now that one's on Saturday. Yeah. So that, I think, leaves Green Bay, Detroit maybe on Sunday night. Um, but the possibility in that is, is that Detroit could be eliminated before they take the field. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that. Yeah, so yeah, I don't – you know, it'll be interesting to see how they try to dice these out um, and figure it out. Because you got to think that they'll, they'll be playing the same time as – as Seattle is playing. Um, but, I, you know, here's Green Bay going, just going back to it in Minnesota. I think the interesting piece here is now, like, I mean, Philly lost. So the one seed was still on the table for Minnesota, you know, going into that game. Now I, I've, I think I've done it all different ways. I don't think Minnesota can end up as the one seed anymore. No, I, I think they're, they're out for that. It's they're either the two, that. it's either the two or the three, and right. that's it. They can't, but, it's not going to change. You could still see Philadelphia, San Francisco, or Dallas end up as the one seed. That's true. Um, yep. Which that, I mean, if Dallas ends up the one seed, and that would require, you know, a Philly loss and a San Francisco loss. Um, right. That'll really shake up things, I think. <laughs> you know, I mean, just if all of a sudden Dallas is the one and now you're talking about Philly going on the road, um, I think we have to discuss just how healthy – you know, Jalen Hurts is because he hasn't played in two weeks. And, you know, the rumor was that if, if it was a must win, he would go. So will they play him next week? And if they don't, right now we're talking about him taking a month off before the playoffs. Like that doesn't seem like a good recipe for success either. And their defense hasn't looked great either. They've been kind of beat up the last couple of weeks. They just have not looked the same like the same kind of elite unit they have, and they're not at the beginning of the year. Their offense isn't controlling the ball as much, and right. Well, you know, Minshew wasn't good at all yesterday. No. Like, which hey, thanks for that one week too late for me in the fantasy football playoffs. But I appreciate that Minshew. Uh, you know, it was nice. That was that was big. He's, I'm glad he saved his four touchdown, 340 yard performance for against me in the uh, fantasy football semifinals. So that was sweet. But uh, there you go. Now I'm not bitter about it. I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing it out. Just wanted to make a point of that. Uh, some other other games around the league yesterday, and I'm going to walk you through. Uh, we got some games on the schedule, obviously, that we'll, we'll kind of look at. And again, so much is up in the air, as Zach mentioned. The only thing we know for sure heading into Saturday is that the Raiders and the Chiefs will play the afternoon game on Saturday, and the Jags and Titans will play Saturday night uh, in a winner-take-all, loser-leaves-town matchup for the division. So it is possible. Um, it is possible that both those teams could get in still, too. It is possible that both those teams can get in, but by and large, we're thinking that it's it's basically is it does it feel like it's just New England, Miami, and Pittsburgh for for that eight seed or for that seven seed right now? It Correct. does feel like those three teams, right? Which yep. good God on Pittsburgh! I mean, what the hell is happening over there? How are um, they still in it? Feels like they're a zombie team. They fight like I will say this: I watched a good chunk of that game last night. They fight like mad defensively. They're a pretty good defensive team, and they're old school as hell. I mean, that's what Collinsworth I think pointed out during the game was like they're running like six two defensive lines, and they are blitzing the shit out of things, and they're they are they are physical as hell. Najee Harris, they just run the ball. They know who they are. Right now, they just know who they are. And that's a, it's a good thing heading into the playoffs. And Tomlin is a tough coach, man. He, he knows how to do it at the end. I mean, we kind of talked, talked about this earlier in the year where, you know, I had said it, Tim, you had mentioned it, where Pittsburgh had kind of felt the last couple of years like they had kind of lost that identity of being the bruiser AFC North, like we're just going to beat the shit out of you kind of team. And last night, you watched them down inside the inside the 20, Najee Harris just lowering the shoulder into guys. And they have the ability to throw, which is which is good. I mean, Kenny Pickett made a couple of just like huge nutsack throws last night that I was super impressed by. I mean, obviously, he's still a rookie and he's going to make mistakes. But goodness, that was a different team I watched last night than what I've seen Pittsburgh do earlier in the year. God bless you both for suffering through that game because I <laughs> – 
Watched about three minutes of it. And- That's a your kind of game, though, Zach. What are you talking about? That's a defensive, physical, tough guy game. I I I was feeling a little chesty after the win, so I went I went out and had a had a victory cigar and. Uh, a bourbon with the neighbor. So. I figured that's what I was. I was going to say a bourbon then, was definitely watched, part of your. I watch. I watched the excuses start to roll in on Twitter, and um, I, you know, maybe maybe at the end of the show we can get your opinion on some of them, Ryan, because um, they were quite funny. Yeah, uh, we can we can just preface that that bit by saying that uh, Vikings Twitter after a loss, especially a loss to Green Bay, just breaks the brains. Of half the people that cheer for purple and gold, and some of them belong uh, to at uh, Sweet Cane Music. And- <laughs> I was gonna say, some some of it's not just the fans; it's like the employees. I want so I saw today. You know uh, what is it? Ben Lieber's report from the sideline at you know just on his Twitter account, and he's like, "Well, let's get one thing straight here. You know, Jair Alexander didn't shut down Justin Jefferson; he had help. So." <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's usually not how we score this, and certainly right. we don't like to do that at home. Like, if Patrick Peterson is lined up on a Stefan Diggs and Diggs catches three balls for thirty yards, the Vikes get chesty. They, you know, they stick their thumbs in their armpits and flutter their fingers and talk about how brilliant Patrick Peterson is. And then it goes. The I mean, one, you can't have it both ways. We always say that. The other one that I laughed at uh, was I was in the car today, and they were playing highlights from or lowlights, whatever way you want to look at it. And it was when uh, the Packers hit the field goal at the end of the half, right? And it hits the upright or the crossbar and bounces in. And you can hear Bursich chuck his headset. Like it's, <laughs> it's literally, it's audible, like into his microphone, just, you know, and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> like what an ass clown he is. He just, yeah. He, well, first of all, he's got to learn to stop stepping on PA's touchdown. Well, balls. Exactly. Like, it, it, just shut, shut up. Let the announcer call the plays. For for as much as you know, I will give PA a hard time, and I cannot stand his radio show just in general. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't put his foot down and said, "I'm not working with this guy anymore." Yeah, well, the guy in Cincinnati's worse. Dave Lapham is absolutely the worst one. And Ryan knows this now that he has Sirius XM and he does the Sunday drive, listens to a lot of that. When they when they zoom in on Bengals games, is that not the single worst thing to listen to outside of Pete Bursich? Yeah, like, he's, he's not the worst. Great. He's the worst. He's not great. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh... They need to make a rule. They have to make a universal rule that the analyst cannot talk while the, while the announcer is talking. It I'm, hurts the I'm product. A- I'm a big fan of of Homer broadcasts on the local networks as far as like the like the the team announcer. I love it. I think it, it adds a huge energy to the radio broadcast. I can't stand the Homer analyst. Just get somebody in there who's a freaking pro, who yeah. knows what they're doing, who who can keep their mouth shut. Look, I've I've been doing you know some color analysis for like two, three years. It's rule number one. It was the first thing I was told when I when I stepped into a booth was when the announcer is making a touchdown call, you shut your f word mouth. Yeah, I, I think talk. I actually said those words. I was going to say Tim's told me the same thing too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not that I want all the. It's not about getting the cool. It's not about glory either. It's really not. But it throws off my concentration. Like you need to see the number. I want to get it. I want to get it called right. Want the name called right. Want everything called right because people are watching and they want to hear that. And it's really important. You know, not just for me. I mean, I don't care about that or for the announcer, but it's important for everybody who's watching the game. That's just me. I, I uh, just I think it's so unprofessional. And every time I listen, it's actually like. I would, if you would have asked me six, seven years ago, I would have told you I would have preferred to have listened to the K fan broadcast over the TV. Uh, and and today, if you asked me again, my honest answer would be I don't. I would rather listen to the TV broadcast if Persich is on. Yeah, I, I, give me, I give me Nance and Romo that. and Buck and Aikman over Allen and Bursich. I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Kevin Seifert mentioned today that Kevin O'Connell told them all to wear different cleats and basically reference like, but they don't always listen to me. And then, uh, that's interesting. Here's a nugget. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they talked about how they, a bunch of them changed cleats during the middle of the game. Yeah. That's not surprising. Look, 
if your coach is telling you to wear a specific kind of cleat, you got to go with what the coach says, right? I mean, it's you are being warned about field conditions and then slipping all over the field in the first half. That's on you. If you were warned as a team, like you got to wear your long cleats, you wear the, the freaking long cleats, man. Listen to your coach. Ah, what a disaster. I can, and I will contend once again that I think the Vikings, you know, playing indoors on a fast turf, on a fast field, um, they have to take advantage of the games when they are on fast fields because when they get on grass, they are not the same team. And the evidence is starting to pile up on that, right? That, that, that they went out to Philadelphia early. They got beat on grass. They got beat really badly on grass yesterday. Uh, that's what makes that Dallas loss more and more inexplicable, right? Well, it's and, not, Dallas, Dallas is the same. And I said this after they lost to Dallas. Is Dallas's strengths are just so counter to everything that the Vikings do. And they are the same kind of team where Dallas is a team that doesn't play well on grass. But they went on and beat. That's right. They lost to Green Bay and Green Bay. But they had a big it, lead in Green Bay, but they did lose that game. Yes, that's right. right. And they're a talented team for sure. And they're more talented than Minnesota. I'll give them that. But they are they are a team that doesn't play well on grass. And there's no shame in being a team that is an indoor team, that, that's a track meet team. We've had those kinds of teams for 30 years. Yeah. But, but you've got to be able to cobble together some kind of competitive edge outside of that to try and win. And, and, and Zach pointed this out to me, too, because we were texting privately. And Oh, I, and I, I get left out of the private texts. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it was a weekend of heartbreak for me football-wise, so I think Zach was being kind, and I appreciate that. Very but, sweet of him. Uh, you know, it, it was uh, – it, it, and I and I was in a I was in a fine place after the Vikings game. I shut the game off at a certain point, and I said, "I'm I'm I'm not watching this anymore." Just for my own three self. cases of whiskey later, uh, he's he's like, "I'm numb. I'm numb well, after Ohio State and Minnesota. I'm numb. I, I can't feel anything." I I was I thought for sure that that Ohio State was winning the the game at the end of that game, and I was so heartbroken at the end of it that I just said I was done. Uh, and I I really went into the Vikings game kind of, you know. I, I was I was already numb, so I uh, nice little shot of Novocaine that Ohio State loss was. Uh, so you know we, we we shut it off at a certain point, but you know the the point I was I was getting at was you know I, I didn't think that they were a really great road team, and Zach pointed out they actually have a winning record on the road this year. But you look at the games they've won on the road; it was the weather was good. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a horrible you know conditions. You were able to go out and kind of play your game. And that's Minnesota, right? You've got to have kind of perfect conditions outdoors to have a shot, and you're not going to get that in Green Bay in, in on January 1st. You're just not going to get it. But you've got to be able to do something, and they couldn't do it. So kudos to Green Bay, but I'm not super upset about it. Oh, hang on. Unmute, Zach. Sorry, I think the discussion was you said they were, they were bad on grass. Yeah, they're yeah. not great on – and, and there's a lot of teams that aren't, but, you yeah. know. And and they're not great on grass, right? I mean, that yeah. the, they in the, in each of those games that they won, maybe with the exception of the Buffalo game, the conditions were pretty good. They were earlier in the year, so I, I mean, it's I don't know. I I'm I, I'm not trying to make excuses for them. I'm just trying to find a pattern to why this is kind of happening to them. And I mean, it's there's a lot of reasons it happens that way. I don't. I mean, we saw what happened when Green Bay came to Minnesota. Obviously, it was early, early in the year, and you know Minnesota was healthy, and there was a lot of differences in that game as far as Green Bay getting their feet under them and new receivers kind of learning the, learning the ropes. But you know, it, when, it's a different game when Minnesota's playing at home, and it's you know that that offense is is still extremely talented, and if you have if they're playing at home, they're they're just it's at another level. So. Hopefully we don't have to see Green Bay again because I I just think that you know they're like better than, they're better than we are right now like, right now like, they're better than we are well it's look Green Bay's backs against the wall and and the, it's going to be hard to beat a team like that anyway right you can't out scrap a team that's fighting for its life it's it is win or go home for Green Bay you're not going to out scrap them at Minnesota's a scrappy team. And it's it's okay to be not great, but you know you're gonna fight till the end every time. But if the other team just has more to play for than you do, 
sometimes you're going to run into this. How long right? until Justin Jefferson asks for a trade to get away from Jair Alexander? <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, I hope he never does. He physically I, uh, just manhandled him yesterday. <laughs> At the line of scrimmage, man, he just jammed the hell out of him. I, I think that if 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 Kirk Cousins isn't getting shelled the entire game, it's a little bit different. Uh, because it's, I mean, and you and you know this too. Like, it great job by a Jair, good game. But it's really it's a lot easier to play cornerback when you're when your core the, the opposing quarterback's only getting two to three seconds oh, to throw sure. the ball. Yep, and it's sure. it's your job is made so much easier when the defensive line is doing their job. And that's the the D-line doing their job, right? And that was kind of what happened yesterday was kind of what you'd hoped Green Bay's defense would look like all year, which was getting after the quarterback, getting internal pressure, not not just edge pressure, but pushing the pocket back on on opposing quarterbacks and and giving these these defensive backs who are supposed to be really great and, and at times have been, and they were yesterday, a chance to play against offenses that you know have the ability to move the ball like Minnesota does. So, like I said, GG's to Green Bay. It was a, a good game. They had their backs against the wall and they fought out of it one more time. I will see if they can do it next week against the team that's also pretty scrappy. But I think Green Bay is better than Detroit. So, um, on, on Go the good side, just Ryan, before we forget because we forgot a couple weeks, Ryan does have a a solid lead in our NFL challenge. Oh, good. Yo, there you go. There's something for Ryan. There's, there's there you go, Ryan. Activity for you, Ryan. I think you're up by a good four or five games on that on both of us. So it's yours. It's yours to lose going into the last week. Yeah, because it was a really bad week of predictions for Ryan. We'll get into that here, too, uh, momentarily. Uh, a couple of uh, quick things for you, Zach. Uh, when we looked around the league yesterday, um, obviously that Steelers game you didn't watch. <clears throat> uh, Miami. Looked like they were going to be in control of New England. Then Teddy gets hurt, throws a pick six. New England finds a way to pull that out. Teddy's problems continue to be Teddy's problems, and they're the same as Tua's problems, that he's susceptible to injury. He's not the most durable guy in the world. Uh, Mike White looked really bad, looked looked injured, looked hurt. Other observations and things that you took out of the, out of the games yesterday? Uh, I, I'm starting to lean with you guys that, that – quarterback is going to be an issue in in Miami and I had them ranked in our rankings for a while and they have just been bad um you know Carson Wentz continues to stink um, yeah that was not good he was pretty bad yesterday yeah, I can't believe they went back to him um, me too and Rivera looked like he had no idea that that was like a playoff game like hey coach you know you gotta win this right like if Green Bay wins their game like you're eliminated you're out yeah him losing his job I don't Who could think. say. I, I mean, I guess you know you have the the question of is the team going to be sold, and mm-hmm. what? I, yeah, I think he'll be around for one more year. It's- and the other thing too is, and yeah, partly because I don't think just to play off that Ryan a little bit to Zach. Uh, when Denver with the Walton group buying that team, they took over after the coach got hired and after the quarterback got the big extension. And you wonder if the ownership group would have been like, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, next time, let me, let me, let me get in here before we make those kinds of calls and make those kind of financial commitments. So you wonder if the commanders will hold serve this offseason and just sort of wait for that to happen. Don't you think Zach? Yeah, I think, I think you have to kind of hold and see. And the other part of it is, um, I, where is that? Where would the commander's job rank in terms of available jobs? I don't know that it's going to rank all that high, especially with ownership questions. And Heineke's a free agent, right? You know, yeah. Heineke may be, may just be like, you know what? After you benched me, I'm good. Like I'll go shop my wares somewhere else. If I end up being a backup in a different situation, okay, that's fine. But and I think the commanders know. are fine with that too. I'm not saying that Heineke is the answer because I don't think either of them is the answer. No, that's not a Brock Purdy situation. No, it's certainly not. Um, Brock Purdy looks amazing, by the way. I, continues to be impressive. You know, Stidham, I thought, looked well until the interception at the end of the game. Um, I mean, he f- threw the ball to Devontae Adams, which, shocker, seems to work out pretty well. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> so weird. I thought Derek Carr might have tried that a few times, but <laughs> it was pretty incredible. Though, and yeah, Stidham played well. The Raiders played well. I actually thought they were going to pull that off. And boy, the Vikings would have sent over a bouquet of flowers had that worked out, because that would have kept everything as it was heading into this week. Now, as it is. You know, things like I say, they flip and the Vikings might be the three seed heading in and they might be content with that. They might be content to like watch the game on the other because, look, the Niners are not going to lose to the Cardinals. Like that's just not that's um, not going to happen unless they just bench everybody. I think we continue to see that the Colts are a dumpster fire. Yeah, um, that situation's ending very quickly. Will, will Jim Ursay reach out to another former player to be the next head coach? Maybe Reggie Wayne. I think he calls a Peyton Manning to be a GM or something like that first. I mean, he won't. Peyton won't do it. But I think he will, he wants to make a big, splashy move. The Jeff Saturday move was really just a big, splashy move to get some headlines. And he wants to do that again. He wants to be the premier guy. He, he's tired of not getting headlines. I think he wants to get them. And he needs to make a big splash to do that. I don't know how you do it. I don't know where you go. But I he has to do. Well, I I know the first call you should make, and which is doesn't he have to call Harbaugh? Yeah, yeah I mean he has to way. he has to call Harbaugh. He has to call Sean Payton and be told yeah, no. He has to call Harbaugh and get told no. Right? Harbaugh played there for three years. Yep. Uh, I think he's in the Ring of Honor. Actually, he might be Captain Comeback. I mean, that's yeah. how he got the nickname there. And I'm sure you know after he calls Payton and Payton sends it to voicemail. Then his next call has got to be to Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I completely agree. Got to be told no by those guys. You need a coach uh, with some experience, but if not, you know, you got to go out and get, you know, we talked about this last week with Denver. I think it's a similar situation. I, I do. I think you got to find a veteran guy first. And if you can't, then you got to go a culture guy. And Ryan threw D'Amico Ryan's out for the Broncos last week. I think Bron- he would be the second guy called in Indianapolis too. So I feel like D'Amico's getting a job. That's my opinion. I think it's happening 100%. Uh, I think it's happening in one of those places where he can be a high-energy guy. And how about this, though? I mean, like something's got to change there. Tickets are $14 right now for the Colts game. And I get it. It's against Houston. Also, Sam Ellinger against Houston with Zach Moss in the back. I know. It's still an NFL game, though, right? And a chance to go out, right? But that's how little people are interested you know, and there's some other low ones too. I get it. It's the last week of the season, you know, and you have games that are eliminated. And I think on here it says New Orleans tickets as low as seven bucks. <laughs> them in Carolina. <laughs> that week 17, that, well, that 17th game, really panning out to be a big moneymaker so far. Well, well, and and on the on the Indianapolis thing too, you have you already have rumblings out of Ann Arbor that uh, that Harbaugh's willing to take a deal. Uh, well, the buyout's nothing. The buyout yeah. is nothing. NFL teams are not scared of that. No, there's, there's a. Uh, if you're already like we are, what want two days out from from the loss to uh, to TCU, and you're already hearing the rumblings. You're already hearing the rumors. There's something to it. There's definitely something to it. Harbaugh has either got to come out and absolutely unequivocally say no, or. There is, or we have to just acknowledge that there is something to these to these rumors. No question about it. And Harbaugh's, and he's a logical guy to call. There's not a lot of great candidates out there. You got to call Harbaugh. You have to. Well, you can say what you want about him, but I I know one thing for sure. He wouldn't have gotten beat by thirty by Green Bay last week. <laughs> O'Connell just rolled over. My God. I will say this. I would like to see the Vikings blow somebody out occasionally. Just occasionally blow somebody out. Just do it. You know, don't, you don't have to be in a dogfight every week. You don't have to get your doors blown off every week. Occasionally just go blow somebody out. It's not against the law to beat somebody 24 3. It's not against the law. Figure it out. I don't think that defense is holding anyone to three. No, that, that defense absolutely sucks. Like that defense, it couldn't stop me, Ryan, and you running a three-man offense right now. Um, we could get what we wanted offensively with us three. Ryan as the center and as the only offensive lineman we have, Zach being our lone wide receiver. Actually, we could just run wing T. I would just pitch it to you, run a block, and I think we could get positive yards against I, all 11 Vikings on the defense. I'm... Um... I'm fairly confident we're going to see some significant turnover on that Vikings defense this offseason. Uh, there's, there is just no way. 
that you can run it back with that, with the talent you have on offense and say this is adequate. Because there's there, – how many of these games have they jumped out to leads because the offense played great and suddenly you're looking at the defense like, well, you I mean you just you just – you just dropped a 17 point lead. Like what's wrong? What's going on with this? And it's, you know, I, I think I've been on Donatel. I don't like Donatel, but I do think he's going to get another year because they're probably going to give him another chance to prove it with it. That's with a horrible his, idea. God, it's a terrible idea. Guys. I agree. But you know, you're not going to be able to hire defensive coordinators in this league. If they know they've only got one year to make it work with, with personnel that really isn't theirs. So it's, you know, you, you've got to give him a shot to to rebuild this thing a little bit but man it's it's just a it's just a joke at this point i mean that i don't want to keep hammering the vikings because we got other things to talk about let me ask you this yeah you want to (laughs) zach's got no problem we can talk we can rip the vikings all day no uh let me ask you this because ryan i know you're a draft guy yeah and i know once the uh college football season ends and the NFL regular season kind of ends, you start to become kind of a draft guy for the next couple of months, right? You do a lot of draft simulation, a lot of that stuff. And I know, Zach, you're kind of like me, right? We're sort of a let's show up on draft night, take a look at it. Let's see who who's out there and go get the best guys and fill some needs, that kind of thing. So, but I do want to hear both your opinions because I think that, like the draft order as it stands right now is relevant when you think of the potential coaching vacancies, when you think about who may end up where. Here's the draft order if the season were to end today. Now, this might fluctuate a little bit, but by and large, this is what we have. This is just the first 13 picks, and that's the only ones we'll do for 14. Houston, Chicago, Seattle by way of Denver, Arizona, Indy, Detroit by way of the Rams, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Panthers, Philly by way of the Saints, Tennessee, Houston by way of Cleveland, New York Jets, Washington Commanders. You look at those first 14 picks, uh, does that, when you start to think about the open jobs, right, Indy's going to be open. We think Arizona's going to be open, right? We don't think Kingsbury's going to survive past Monday. Lovey, we don't know about Lovey in Houston. All of a sudden, that looks like a really interesting pick because Houston's got two picks in the top 12, right? Uh, there's there's lots of some stuff that's out there. Atlanta, a lot of people don't know about Arthur Smith, uh, Steve Wilkes in Carolina. Uh, when you look at this list, uh, anything stick out to you? Anything that grabs your attention right away, Ryan? Um, I mean, I, I think that, Obviously, that's going to to be changed by some of the outcomes of the of this week and some, but not by of, a lot. A lot, not yeah. not by a lot of them. Some of these are pretty I, much entrenched. This this could end up being this a weird thing where you know Houston might be bad enough to shoot themselves in the foot and beat Indianapolis, uh, and and Chicago Minnesota may end up turning into Minnesota's backups handing the game to Chicago and Chicago handing it back to Minnesota saying no 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 thank you <laughs> no please, we insist please, we insist you have this please. game. Please take this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't need it. Uh, so there, there's a couple of different ways that, that could go. Um, I, I really have not started looking at the at the draft much this year. Uh, I mean, it, it's mostly just in passing. There's a couple of position guys that I like, uh, and that's mostly what I think about. I don't think about the order too much. But you uh, said it's a quarterback friendly draft, right? Though in the top, just just in the top twenty or so, you think there's like how many guys? Just real quickly. Um, I would say three or four, uh, and, and that could change. Obviously you've got, uh, you've got a number of, um, of quarterbacks who I think their, their pro day performances in the draft and their, their, um, uh, they're sort of, uh, Levis, CJ Stroud. Yeah, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis. Uh, I I think you're going to have a couple of other guys that jump up. Uh, in that Max Duggan is a guy that you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot because of his performance down the, the TCU. Stretch. Yeah, he yeah. was interesting, wasn't he? Um, he's a guy that reminds me. I was I was trying to remember who I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he reminded me of uh, uh, a little bit of of Josh Allen, just with his ability to move and kind of that huge arm that he has. The kids just got a rocket. Uh, it just it just plays hard. Um, CJ Stroud, I thought looked really, 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 really good against Georgia. And that was a game that I thought he would struggle in. 
Uh, Bryce Young is Bryce Young, and he's been kind of QB1 all season, I think, if you're watching college football. And Will Levis has been up and down. So, I mean, his his stuff could could – you know, could come, could go. It, it might not work uh, in the in the pro day. There might be teams that watch his film and think that he takes too many risks for not enough reward, uh, and that's going to hurt him. But there's there's a lot of different ways you can go for quarterback needy teams. But I think the bigger thing to watch is there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks that also need other stuff, uh, and and this draft is also good in other places. So I think you're, it's a deep defensive line draft. Uh, you're going to have a lot of, of really good defensive line talent. I think you're going to have a lot of really good receivers again this year um, that are coming out of college football. So there's that if you don't need a quarterback, it's going to be good for you. But even if you do need a quarterback, the free agent class for quarterbacks this year is so good that you know you could get by on a year with one of those guys and go to next year, which is also a good quarterback year for the, for the draft, and and maybe be okay. Is something so, interest you I, here, Zach? Like, go ahead. I, th- I think that that's uh, that's a problem for some teams, right? Like, if you're the well, you start at the top. If you're the Texans, like the Texans can't be skipping over on quarterback. No, like they need no. to give people a reason there because they have really not had much lately, right? The last what four or five years have been horrible. Yep. Last um, year of Deshaun Watson and then the whole two years after that now. It's been not good. Know, this is your three years straight for sure. Here, here's here's one to throw out to you. If you are going to talk about new coach in Arizona, what would you think about new quarterback in Arizona too? Well, you got to th- contract. <clears throat> but it's probably a move. You could probably trade it. Wentz was trade- tradable. Everybody's- you could trade him and get some stuff back. You're going to have the fourth pick in the draft, so you could pick a quarterback if you so desired there. <clears throat> um, I mean, you're, you, you, you were talking last night about trading Kirk. I, yeah. I, I, could see, I could see Arizona move. I mean, they're not winning with Kyler, right? They've done very little in terms of winning. I mean, has he, played the, has he made the playoffs yet? He made it once, right? Once last year. They got rocked, yeah. Yeah. And they so, limped into the playoffs and got whipped. And you're and you've been doing that with a guy who's supposed to be, you know, an offensive mastermind. I don't know if you if Arizona called Indianapolis and said, "Hey, uh, you got pick five, and we have just the guy for you." Yeah, and then get two picks back to back, keep four somehow, and you're you're starting over with a new coach and new quarterback. I don't know. It could be an interesting like because that. I know it'd be difficult, like, and we ta- we've talked about like trading money and all that stuff. But if you're gonna if you're gonna blow it up in Arizona, then why don't yeah blow it up? I could. I, there's some thought to that, right? Blow it up completely. You're gonna already gonna get getting a new GM. You got to think you're getting a new coach. Um, you got a fourth pick in the draft. That's interesting. I'm intrigued by Houston because I don't think they're going to keep Lovey. I think no. Lovey's been a seat warmer guy. I think they'd love to go to Sean Payton or somebody like that and say, hey, um, if you come here, I get it. We don't have a lot right now, but we do have pick one. We have pick 12. You get, so you get two top first-round picks in the top 12. You can get a star receiver. You can get a star quarterback. We've got money. We can spend that money any way you'd like. We can give you control of the team. Like, they – to me, they could offer a very interesting package to a guy like Sean Payton um, and, and get him excited about coming there and, and taking that opportunity. We'll see if he does. But I think that job is intriguing uh, because they have been, you know, sitting back, losing games, acquiring assets. But the one thing about them is they don't get blown out of a lot of games. They got blown out this weekend. They didn't play well this weekend. But by and large, they have been a plucky hard nosed team. They've been, they've played in a lot of games and they, you know, could have easily had three to four to five more wins with slightly more talent, but they play hard. There's some pieces there. I think with a, with a good draft, a good coach, some stable front office work, some good free agent signings, they can get back in this thing pretty quickly. I don't know. It's just my thought. Yeah. I, I, but I'm always in. Go anytime ahead. you've got two picks up that high and one of them's at the top for Houston, I think that's a intriguing situation, but again, I don't know that I don't know that you're getting Sean Payton to come back for a rebuild. 
That's true too. Unless you can, unless you can really convince him the rebuilds quick. Yeah. You know, unless he, if he can come in and move that first pick or move one of those top picks and get a top quarterback, you know, get a guy he doesn't have to rebuild around. You know, it'd be like, all right, yeah, fine. If you want to trade me, maybe he wants Kyler Murray. Yeah. I don't think he does. But what if he did and said, yeah, you know what? I'll give you the number one pick. You give me Kyler Murray. Give me this piece, this piece, this piece, and I'll start over. I don't know. Like, maybe. Just amazing how quickly you can turn things around. Miami's the one that's really got no options. They either got to go sign Tom or they got to figure out a way to trade for Kirk and give up a future first-round pick or give up a second this year because they have forfeited their first-round pick with all the Tom Brady stuff this year, and the Tua stuff does not look good at all. The Teddy stuff doesn't look good. Don't want to speculate at this moment, but it looks like, by all intents and purposes, Skylar Thompson's playing this week. All right, we got to move things along here because we ran an hour and 40 minutes last week. Can't do that this week. Let's go to the prediction segment. The prediction segment heading in. uh, Last week was a struggle for Ryan. Ryan, before heading into tonight's game, and tonight's game has not been played yet. We're recording this in the afternoon on Monday. Uh, Ryan, this week was one and three so far, losing in Carolina, Minnesota, and Baltimore. Uh, but he has Cincinnati tonight, which which is opposite me and Zach, who both have Buffalo. So we'll see if that switches things up. Heading into tonight, though, I am forty two and thirty two. Zach is forty one and thirty three. Ryan is forty and thirty four in the picks. So two game lead on Ryan, one game lead on Zach. Ryan, you are trailing, so I'm going to give you the first pick. Tennessee in a must-win Saturday night at Jacksonville. It's got to be sad that Josh Dobbs looked better than Malik Willis. Like it just. But but that being said, I want to talk about a team decimated by injury. Uh, but yet, I still think they can win this game. It's a six and a half point favorite for Jacksonville. Six and a half. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's about right. And uh, Jacksonville's playing really well. Trevor Lawrence feels like a quarterback who's kind of, you know, stepping into. His, who he is in the NFL here a little bit. He's played really, really, really well. Um, the, the defense is stepping up. And, and look, this is what we talked about with you know their potential uh, with being a well-coached team under a good coach, right? There was talent there when when Urban Meyer took the team. There were guys there that could get that could you know have this team grow. But Urban Meyer was a terrible coach, and he stagnated their growth for a full year, and we're finally starting to see what this team could be in a year or two. I do still think they're a year or two early, but I think they get in. I think they beat Tennessee this week. All right. You got Jacksonville. Zach? I think six and a half is a lot. Um, But Tennessee has just been a snowball rolling downhill. It just keeps getting worse and worse for them. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Um, I agree. Like, I love watching Trevor Lawrence. Um, him with NTN is exciting. It would be a little more exciting if NTN would score a little bit for my fantasy yeah. games. But, um, I like I like Jacksonville, too. I agree with you. I think they're, they're peaking at the right time, right? You want to ascend? They are a team ascending at the absolute right time. Great job by Doug Peterson this year. Got to be in the running top three coach of the year with, like, Brian Dable and maybe Kyle Shanahan. Uh, New England at Buffalo, New England at Buffalo, Zach, it's a seven and a half point favorite for Buffalo, but New England needs the game to get in. If they win, they are in. So this is for all intents and purposes, a playoff game. I am going to go with New England to cover this. I think, I think Buffalo is still going to win the game, but I think New England will keep it close enough. Um, you know, it'll also be interesting to see how tonight's game goes and where that leaves everyone uh, in the standings, you know, heading into that game in terms of where is Buffalo? Is Buffalo at one? Are they at three? You know, there's a lot of variable for them depending on the win tonight, but I'll take Buffalo. Ryan. Or, uh, I am sorry. I'm taking the Patriots to cover, but Buffalo to cover to Buffalo to win. Yep. Got it. Uh, so this is uh this is an interesting thing for me here. Cause if, if Buffalo loses tonight, and loses next week, it doesn't change their seating at all because they're not going to be, they're not going to be lower than third, right? So they may sit it, some guys. It's it's, it's a, a question of would you rather play a Baltimore team that may be playing their their backup quarterback, or have to face New England again, who kind of you know can have your number a little bit here. Uh, 
for me, I, I don't know that they're going to play those kinds of games. Buffalo, obviously, is just trying to win. They got a shot at the one seed, so they're going to try and win this game. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Buffalo here. I think New England covers because I think that defensively they're just they're just solid. Uh, and and anytime you have a solid defensive team, I'm gonna take them to I'm gonna take them to cover. Uh, they may not have the offensive firepower to win, but I don't think they're going to get blown out. So I'll take New England to cover and Buffalo to win. And we will all be there. If Buffalo wins tonight, then the Bengals versus Ravens next week is for the division. And that's what we are getting to next. I'm also going to take New England to cover as well. I think that's a closer game than what Vegas thinks, especially given the circumstances around it. I think Buffalo will probably win it, but New England is definitely going to cover it, if not win it outright. Uh, Baltimore versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati heading in right now. The game hasn't been played tonight, so we don't. this could change big time. But as of right now, it is a seven-point line. Seven-point line for Cincinnati against Baltimore. Zach, what do you think? Uh, so I think this is, you know, if Buffalo wins tonight, I think this becomes the Sunday night game next week. You might be right. You know, yep, you there, might be right. there's stakes for both teams no matter what. Um, I will take Cincinnati to win and cover. Uh, Baltimore just has been a mess. Um, their quarterback situation has not been good. I'm bummed because Hudley looked decent in the past, but he has not uh, been good here lately. So I'm going to say Baltimore. All right, Ryan. Uh, I am going to take Cincinnati uh, to win and cover. Um, I, I just don't think that Baltimore has the offensive firepower at this moment to keep up with what Cincinnati's doing at this moment. Uh, even if they lose tonight, um, I, I think that I think Cincinnati is right now the best team in football. Obviously, they haven't played yet this week, so it's, you know reserve judgment on, on what they look like this week. But going into tonight's game, I thought last week they were the best team in football. Uh, I, I think that I, I think that they're they're gonna be just fine. And I think they're gonna beat they're gonna beat Baltimore. I'm gonna take Baltimore to cover. I think seven's a lot. And Baltimore plays these kind of grinded out games, kind of like Pittsburgh does. Uh, so like last night's game was 16-13. It was a tight game. Yeah, you're right. Hundley is limited. Like we watched that last night, very limited. Uh, he, you know, it's he's a one read and go guy, and you know, I just think late in the season you got to have a little more than that. And so I don't see it. I think Baltimore will hang though. I think they can hang in this game and maybe lose twenty to sixteen, something like that. And uh, but I think since he wins, Baltimore covers. So I'll take that. Detroit versus Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay is four and a half point favorites, four and a half points, Ryan, four and a half points for Green Bay. Your thoughts? It's a win and in for the Packers. Can they do it? I think they can do it. My my concern here is that, you know, I, I'm Detroit's defense is really bad, but it's really bad. They, they're a team that will punch you in the F word mouth. And Aiden Hutchinson's really good. That Yeah. They have they have a couple of splash guys uh, on on both offense and defense. At the same time, I think they're a cute team. I don't think they're a good team. And I, I think that when you get down to games like this, you want to be an experienced team. And Green Bay has experience where it matters. And they're making a push. Both teams are really hot right now. I'm going to take Detroit to cover Green Bay to win. Detroit covers the four and a half, maybe loses by a field goal, according to Ryan. Zach? I'm going to take Green Bay to win big. Uh, Just the way things are going right now, um, they continue to gain momentum. They're playing well defensively. Um, You can see the kind of fun Rodgers is having. Uh, First of all, that air guitar yesterday was – Pretty great on their touchdown celebration. I don't know if you you may have turned it off. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. But uh, Ryan probably did not see it. Ryan did not probably see when uh, it. they were conducting. Right, it was AJ Dillon was conducting the symphony, and first of all, one of the offensive linemen was playing the triangle, so that was good too. Rodgers <laughs> just comes in on the side, like down on his knees, slapping the bass guitar. So that was pretty good. And then he hit the title belt after the touchdown run too. So wow, he's I'm, throwing it. To the to the twenty tens, yep. big time. I'm, Look at I'm, him. He's feeling it. I'm going with Green Bay to win big. 
I got Green Bay to win a, win by a touchdown. I think it's going to be a good game, though. I think it'll be good for a while. I wouldn't be surprised Green Bay wins 31-24. Uh, I feel like they can cover the four and a half, win by a touchdown late. Uh, I think Detroit's going to fight. We know that. Uh, but in the end, I don't know if they can make a stop when they need to on the road in Green Bay. Last one, and we're going to venture outside of uh, pro football because the games aren't very good, to the National Championship of College Football. Zach, I'll give it to you first. It's Georgia versus TCU in the championship game. The line is Georgia by 13 and a half. I don't care what the line is. I'll take Georgia. <laughs> I just, after watching, after watching TCU, Michigan, um, every single thing that could have gone TCU's way went TCU's way. And they still almost found a way to lose that game. Um, they're not putting up 50 points on Georgia. A, Georgia's defense is better. B, Georgia's not going to throw them two pick sixes. Uh, this, this is going to be a boring game. All right, Georgia covers the 13 and a half. Ryan. In 2015, when Ohio State and Alabama played, and Ohio State wasn't given much of a shot, that was the better of the two semifinal games that, that came out of that and and – there was a feeling that whoever came out of that game was going to beat Oregon and that it was kind of a foregone conclusion going into that championship game that whether it was Ohio State or Alabama, they were the ones that were going to win that game. And when TCU beat Michigan, we went into the the Ohio State-Georgia game and I kind of felt that way that, you know, and Zach mentioned this too, whoever won the Ohio State-Georgia game it's probably going to end up being your national champions. And I don't want to discount what TCU's done because I think that they're a really good, a really good talented team. There's a lot of talent, a lot of speed. That defense is ridiculously fast. Uh, at the same time, Georgia is Georgia, and they're going to beat the shit out of TCU. This is not Michigan. They do everything that Michigan does. Georgia does better. Uh, they play cleaner. They play more disciplined. I'm going to take Georgia to win, and they may double that line. All right. Wow. Wow. I'm going to take Georgia as well to cover 13 and a half because college football just feels easier to cover 13, 13 and a half points. I just feel like they're going to find a way to, to win by at least two touchdowns. I think that will happen. TCU is a great story. I'm super happy for Sonny Dykes and for what they've done over there. Um, that's a really, really nice accomplishment for TCU and good for college football to have two good semifinal games. That was really important for the, for the whole thing, in my opinion. Uh, but I think it ends here, and it's a blowout in the championship. I, I think Georgia wins by a lot, a lot. I think they hang 45 on TCU and win 45-21, something like that. That's my – I'd be shocked if they gave up 21 points. Oh, wow, even more. Hey, uh, Ryan, before we go, before we get to power rankings, real quick, should yes or no, should Jair Alexander have been flagged for taunting on the doing the gritty on Justin, Justin Jefferson? Uh, in my heart of hearts, no. If you're going based on the letter of the rule and and how that's been called this year, probably. Zach, do you believe that you do? You, did you enjoy it? Uh, and should he have been penalized? I loved it. First quarter, he brought <laughs> it. It was as as a as a football guy. I hate the taunting rule as just as my own yeah, thing. Let him taunt as long but as it's not taken away from the game. It's it's a professional game, and if if I'm a big fan of the phrase "let your nuts hang," and if you're if you're beating a guy, then <laughs> then PG rating. I mean, just, <laughs> well, we, we didn't have that a while ago. I, I mean, I, I said I say that to to high school kids, right? If they're like, you know, should I, I don't know if I should, you know, do this. You know, in, even in speech or debate, they're like, I have this idea and I kind of want to fly with it. I'm like, let your nuts hang. If you got an idea, roll with it. He did. I mean, like, he didn't, didn't get you fired. He didn't I'm do sorry. it over him. He didn't like step. No, over that's true. Him. He did it. He walked away and he did it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. I just it's you've 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 had guys that have looked at other dudes wrong and they've gotten it flagged this year. So I I think. Okay, Tim doesn't like when I talk about refs, so I'm going to keep this short. But yeah, because we got we got a pod to keep going. You get you got ten seconds. The the thing that I'll say is this: is my my New Year's resolution for the NFL is please give me more officiating consistency. Uh, I I don't care if you're going to call it one way or the other. I want you to call it the same way every time. I want to know what the calls are going to be when I'm watching the game, if I can look and say that's a penalty and the ref just missed it fine. Right. Say we missed it, but don't come out and say, well, it wasn't a penalty because of X, Y, or Z. It should be predictable. 
it should be something that we can look at and say this team is susceptible to XYZ penalty playing this way, looking at the at, at what we know about them. And then you come out and you watch the game and you say, yep, that's a penalty. That should have been called. And then it wasn't. I just want consistency. I want consistency in pass interference. I want consistency in what's a catch. I want consistency in taunting. If you're going to call this bullshit, call it consistent. That's all I ask. Very fair. All right. I, I'm, I, we will have a postmortem on the season where we can talk NFL refs for an hour. I'll give you the floor for one whole hour on that. Thank you. Power rankings. Let's get them done here before we wrap this pot up. Number five. I'll go first just because I tend to not go first. I'll take the Cincinnati Bengals at number five. I think they I think they were my five last week. I think they stay my five this week pending tonight's matchup. I've got the 49ers. Zach, go ahead. I've got the 49ers at five, uh, struggling and going to overtime against Stidham. Um, and yes, Brock Purdy has done well, but I, we haven't he hasn't really had to go into a tough hostile environment yet. And that's coming in the playoffs at some point. So I'll have them at five. Ryan. Uh, My number five team is the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys at five. Back in the countdown for the first time in a while. I think they're doing well. I mean, they've got to clean up some messes here. I haven't been a huge fan of the way that Dak has been playing, but they're talented everywhere else. That defense is going to bring them places. You're going to have to play three road games, which sucks because I think you're better than at least two of the the division champions. So, uh, you know that's the way the NFL is structured. You got to live with it. But you're, you know, I think they're going to end up coming out of this winning 13 games, and I, they're a really good team. So and they'll beat Tom good. on the road most likely. We're round one, I think. That that's a they get a nice first round matchup, and then they just got to go beat somebody, whether it's Minnesota or it's. Uh, you know, well, Minnesota, I mean, who knows? The Giants might beat Minnesota in round one, and then you got to go play in, New, uh, play in Dallas for a home game. Anyway, anyway, number four, number four, number four. Uh, I'm going to drop Philadelphia to here, and here's not because I was really upset by this loss to New Orleans. Obviously, it was concerning, but I'm more concerned about the health. Um, I don't know about the quarterback right now, and it's clear to me that they're not the same team without him uh, that they are with him. With him, I think they might be the best team in the league, if not the best team. But if we don't know what his status is and we don't know how healthy he truly is, and the other injuries are starting to pile up, Lane Johnson, uh, there's some other picks, uh, other players out there that are down for them. And I just wonder if there is a point of critical mass on Philadelphia where they might be too injured. I'm a little bit concerned about that. Kind of want to see how they play this week. Uh, But I didn't drop him out of the top five because that's silly. But um, I want to see them get a little healthy. If Jalen plays well this week, they'll probably be right back up in the top two. Zach, go ahead. I, I also have Philly at four. My my concern is, like I said earlier, if the quarterback doesn't play again this week, you're talking about him not playing for a month plus heading into the playoffs with that bye. Um, that's dangerous to have a guy sit out for that long and come back and be rusty in the playoffs. So um, I'll drop him down here to four as well. Ryan. Uh, my four is the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're okay. they're a solid team despite the the – Poor showing against Vegas. I think that Vegas is a team that, as we mentioned last week, they've got talent. They can score. I think that you know you, you made some changes this week that you know we've seen how some of these changes can sometimes jolt a team in the right direction. And I wonder if maybe that's kind of what happened this week, if only for a week for Vegas, uh, that it was just a fresh look at a new quarterback. And and I think that you know one weekly hiccup that you know was a close call for them is is going to be good enough. But I can't fault them for winning, and I want to put them at number four. I've got San Francisco at number three. Uh, I think uh, they were you know they keep winning. Purdy won a tough game. That was a tough one for them. They got down, and he showed me that he can rally the team from ten down against a team that was pretty uh, was definitely jolted and was looking for a little kick in the ass, and they had a little momentum. Um, Nice win for San Francisco. Better to win that game than lose it. And he showed he could come from behind. So that was impressive. So give me San Francisco at three, Zach. Uh, I've got the Packers at three. They move up two spots (laughs) with a big win this week. Their defense is playing well. They've got Aaron Rodgers and a healthy offensive line, um, which is key for them, right? They need Bakhtiari out there. So That's fair. They're playing their best ball heading into the playoffs. Ryan just can't even look. He's so dis. Look at the 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 dis. I may have to do the video pod this week just to show Ryan's disdain uh, for this uh, for this power ranking. Number three, Ryan. Um, my number three team is the uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills. I think that they are 
they're getting they're getting stronger. They're getting better. Obviously, that can change tonight. Uh, we'll see how they we'll see how they play against a really good team on the road. Um, but uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Buffalo here. I got Buffalo at two, so I'm right with you on that one. We're pretty much in lockstep. I think Buffalo has got it going on. Uh, I think they're going to beat Cincinnati tonight. I like them. Give me Buffalo at two. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, my number two team is whoever wins tonight. So if Buffalo wins, there too. If not, I've got Cincinnati at two. I think it'll be Buffalo, so we'll say Buffalo right now. But if Cincinnati pulls it off by the time you're listening to the show, then Cincinnati is my number two team. That's fair. Okay, that's very fair. Uh, Ryan, number two for you. Uh, my number two team right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. Also, My number one football. team. There you go. My number one team is the Kansas City Chiefs. So we and you are like almost there, Ryan. We're almost in lockstep today. I like Kansas City. Uh, they just continue to win the games, even though it's not pretty all the time. They just keep winning. So Kansas City is my number one. For you, Zach? I, I have the Chiefs at number one. Um, they're, you know, 13-3. and three. Uh, They're going to be real tough to beat at home, and it's looking like they're going to be at home the whole time. Uh, we talked about how good that division was going to be at the start of the year. They're going to go 6-0 and in their division. Uh, the Chiefs are the best team in football. Number one, Ryan. My number one team is the Cincinnati Bengals, Tim. Yeah, the Bengals. So you like them to win tonight? You like all that stuff going yep. forward for them? Yeah. I uh, def- Like I said last week, defense playing well, offense playing well. They've got playmakers all over the field. Joe Burrow is ice ice cold, just very, very good quarterback. I'm, I'm excited to watch them play. I think they win tonight. I think they win next week. I think they end up getting the one seed, but that's just me. Oh, gentlemen. Great job this week. We were able to get back on track. Go ahead, Zach. We, we did not hit the eliminator, but it's easy this week because we have not eliminated the Jets or the Saints, and they're both mathematically out. So you can throw them both in for us. There we go. Throw them both in. Saints out. We've been holding out hope for them. They're out of there. The Jets were f- mathematically eliminated as well. If the Packers win, we successfully waded through the waters of the NFC. And if Tennessee can win, we will have successfully navigated the waters of the AFC in the Eliminator. Can you believe it? It is so good if we were able to get this right. So we're actually rooting for the Titans on Saturday night. That'll be fun to watch. All right, gentlemen. Uh, so good to have you here. Thanks for making time for me on a Monday. Good to get back on track with you. Let's enjoy the last week of regular season football. We'll be back next week to talk playoffs. Coaches getting fired by by this time next week. We might have three or four coach openings. We'll break it all down for you the Monday after the regular season. It's always got some storylines to it, and we'll be there to break it to you. So for Zach, for Ryan, this is Tim. Saying keep your head up, and we'll see you.